I'm a I'm a serial planner mm. in terms of like everyone hates my emails. I was about to say I remember yeah. the emails. Everyone hates my emails <laughs> because like it's it's literally like this is what you'll be doing this is what you'll be doing there are google sheets with exactly who's doing what exactly at any given mm. point uh and then there are like proper reminders sent and stuff like that and I, this may fun of me all the time for it but I don't care <laughs> it worked and I think it it kept things going very smoothly uh at TNL and it was the same with Block and you know you got to you got to balance your time and you know make sure that you don't let down either side right mm. because there's a team here that's that's working really hard and obviously this is something new you're exploring so yeah. I think it's I would say serial list making and planning okay <laughs> all right <laughs> The 101.7 TNL Rocks era comes with a boatload of memories and stories that I want to explore. Hence, this podcast. This is the TNL Rocks podcast, a branded podcast presented by TNL Radio Network and Paradigm. The one and only TNL Rocks. All right, welcome to another episode of the TNL Rocks podcast. I'm Sean, I'll be your host, and as our guest, we have Dino Carrera. Holy moly. <laughs> uh so in case you all don't know, Dino was the boss here uh, at TNL Not was the TNL boss. Radio. I was just a program TNL, manager. The boss Radio. is he's the, the boss. He's the boss of <laughs> TNL Radio. When I joined, uh, uh you brought me over. So yep. first of all, I owe all of this to you. Oh, thank you so much, I'm Dino. Humble, thank you. <laughs> um but yeah so i mean dino i don't know if anyone knows how long you were here yeah um, so so been in radio for about yeah more than 10 years easy yeah. um i was obsessed with it in school mm-hmm. as most of us were when it came to tnl yeah um i think i remember picking up my tnl vip card at the time mm. and uh it was a it was raining it was pouring actually that day uh my parents were furious because they had to <laughs> kind of stop the vehicle in the middle of the road and then ran in and collected my card and it was like oh my god fav- your favorite rps are all there yeah. right it was it was anil outside then it was you know maritza was a receptionist and and uh, and they ended up all you know we bumped into each other later on and you never thought about it at mm. the time but yeah that was my first like kind of moment where you interface with TNL yeah. but obviously growing up it was the cool station to listen to everyone in school who was somebody mm. or considered somebody cool <laughs> um used to listen to TNL and i remember we were much younger so you know your your taste is not like really refined but yeah. then when you when you talk about it to like the kids who are in all levels and a levels and the cool kids especially mm. who are into music and and into the culture at the time well all about TNL TNL you know TNL on stage is happening you should listen to this song it was all about you know um i remember on desks you know it was always uh you had bands like three doors down mm-hmm. linkin park uh aerosmith <laughs> audio slave just you know written all over this so, yeah, yeah pretty much tipex rulers <laughs> i think schools probably hated that but <laughs> but yeah i mean we grew up with that mm-hmm. and i think alternative was so big at the time um and i was a major uh audio slave fanboy so i mm-hmm. think uh this was the, probably the only station that played it yeah um and i think that is what got you into it and also i think what really got people hooked on tnl was the imagery mm-hmm. i know that's radio lingo but basically the jingles yeah. where they had these funny skits and and kind of things mm-hmm. in between so yeah it's been 10 years in radio um uh, and it was definitely some of the most memorable years of my life uh i met so many people uh got the opportunity to learn so much mm-hmm. make a load of mistakes and thankfully it was a sandbox where mm. you could actually make mistakes and grow yeah. uh and it wasn't the you know uh, be all and end all of it 
um and obviously i think those 10 years are credit to the people who came before i think we we got the opportunity to uh, stand on the shoulders of giants people who helped build this brand to what it is like people like wendel uh, uh, people like bimali people like anil um and even in in the news team when, yeah. I, when i worked at the time there was aisha there was tania uh there's ani there's sohan i remember still how sohan used to play for fallen grace at the time mm-hmm. and and do the news shifts but these guys were were really really close friends also fahad uh, i'm just just remembering names <laughs> ago and buddhika um but uh yeah i think we really got the opportunity to learn from them and mm-hmm. that is something that i will forever cherish so actually i wanted to kind of get more into that now that we've kind of got into your time mm. in news because you started in news yeah. here at tnlrn uh, what was that path like because again when you when you say you're going to start in news and then move from there to programming because again I got to know you as programs manager. Yeah. Like how did that kind of play out and how did that happen? When did you make the move from news uh, to programming? It's it's it was an interesting switch. I mean uh so basically even though I was in news, I was news part-time at the time and then we I got the opportunity to head the news team yeah. uh and then also to head digital for the network and what happens when you inevitably work in digital is you get to understand a lot more about the programming mm. the culture the brand uh what the brand wants to do etc etc so i got to interface and work with all three teams from all three stations that's the sister station light fm as well as rhythm fm and you really understand the nuances of programming and what mm. we're trying to project with each show yeah. and even with each personality um and i think that really laid the foundation on one side and the other side of course was events mm-hmm. and i had the opportunity and i was really grateful for it because i was a huge fan of tnl on stage and and the chance to head it and chair the project uh, or co-chair the project with with minusha uh, and i think that that really really helped you know um hone my understanding of how the brand is perceived mm-hmm. out there and and obviously the following and and the music that came out of on stage is to date credited for by so many artists yeah. um and i think um those two i think as a combination really helped me understand the brand and also working with some amazing uh, programming personalities uh, even when i was very young i remember uh, lloyd was was on air he was in the yeah. drive show at uh, at tnl mm-hmm. and and he he taught me to do what was then called the the, the rock and roll page we used to publish every week and okay. and we used to do it on photoshop then there used to be fuzz jeff and mitisha they used to do a show called the big show okay um and fuzz had had the most amazing on air voice mm. uh and they had skits they used to do called jungle boy etc and we used to voice characters even right. though i was in news um with uh, yasmin who was producing at the time and i think the the interesting thing about it was the fact that all of these kind of things collectively kind of push me towards programming mm-hmm. and then there was a conversation about it and with that be interested and i was like yeah i'd love to i mean it's it's a it's a brand i've been a fan of worked with for a long time and now getting the opportunity to head it yeah for sure yeah um and that's kind of how it kind of organically transitioned into that um but i think like to a great extent it was also credit to the team who were there at the time uh i remember it used to be uh, we had everyone from uh, uh cookie adilini to to chassis to budisha to dc to all of these people you yourself included um and also kalen murad revon um these guys are really close friends i'm just, i'm i'm just i'm just dreading for missing names uh, tj sam uh it was at this point in time that dino forgot to thank anita lee kind of did forget anita lee 
who I should have never forgotten because she's such an intricate part of what TNO was. Um, growing up, I listened to the big show with Anita and then I had the privilege of working with her on the website, becoming friends, um, and of course, learning from her. She was an instrumental part of, you know, training and grooming so many radio personalities that walked uh, through the gates and doors of TNO Radio. Uh, and I think the brand wouldn't be what it was without her. She was pretty much part of the fabric of the brand that was TNL. Also, the digital team, we had people like Sumudita, um, Ushan, Ovin, our designers, uh, Chamara, all of them who were behind the scenes in the background in giving a visual representation of the brand and keeping it consistent but with what we were on air. Um, and of course, the news team, we had Tamara, Hazari, uh, so many people who worked uh, as part of our news brand who also were very much part of what the station's identity was. So sorry, guys, I didn't mean to forget you all. But uh, yeah, a big thank you to them. And I think some of the fondest memories I also have uh, were definitely shared with each and every single one of them. So, yeah. And now let's get back to the episode. And uh, who else was on the night show? Rashmi. Yeah, Rashmi, yeah. Um, and uh, everybody I had the chance to work with, I think... One of the biggest things I think any programs manager can really ask for is a good team. Mm. And I think it's credit to them that the station became what it was also, as well as those who preceded them. Um, but yeah, they're very special to me and very close to me for the same reason. But yeah, I think it was it was predominantly being able to really gel and work with a good team. I would say that kind of also helped. So those three things. All right. Okay. Now, from your time as programs manager, there was an incident that mm. I want to get into yeah. here. Uh, because I mean, when I was here, obviously we had like, uh, we had Rich the Kid. That yes. was fun. I think that was the maddest I've ever seen you yeah. at anybody. But, okay, so the, one of the episodes of the podcast, we had Tracy on. And she told me the story of Puddle of Mud and how that went down. And when that went down, you were gone. And <laughs> Tracy's like so mad. She's handling this. Okay, I want to hear now from your side, like what happened? Like what did you see? How did that kind of play out for you? And like be completely honest because again, we can... Yeah, no, so fundamentally, I think we were very excited with mm. the whole episode in the fact that we were able to get them to come to Sri Lanka in the first place. The finals of TNL On Stage, season 15. Special performance by Puddle of Mud. One of the biggest challenges we faced at the time was obviously how do you, how do you balance uh, running a show that is local music oriented with, mm -hmm. with, with an international act? Uh, fundamentally, I think we were focused more on that problem in, in making sure that it was in second tier, right. that it completely slipped our mind to look into the technicalities and mm -hmm. the nuances of, of how they were performing. Because the check went great. It was a raining day. There were so many things we were running around coordinating. Um, uh, and then afterwards, when, when they did start performing, <laughs> things were not so great. Um, I can't, I mean, I can't speak for what Tracy said. I was not here when she said what she said. But fundamentally, my biggest responsibility at the time as a station manager was making sure my team was okay. Mm. And they were getting a lot of heat mm. from a lot of people. And understandably so. Even yeah. we were pretty angry, frustrated, annoyed. Uh, and it's it's a very, very human thing to go through mm. that. And you've got to understand. I mean, I, I think there are a few moments I regret where I lost my temper as well okay. with everything that went on and with people and how much they were, you know, disparaging uh, the brand I worked for as well as mm. the people I worked with. Uh, and I think one of the biggest things we actually looked at fundamentally was what action can be taken and action was taken for, for various reasons. I don't want to mention what it was. Yeah, that's fine. Um, 
but i think in terms of addressing it and and taking it on i think one of the things i didn't want to do was be in the same room with them simply mm-hmm. because of what they had done to to everybody who was involved even the artists uh who were involved at the show to to everybody who's a fan of the property to everybody who worked really hard for months and months and months to make that show happen um and i remember how many calls we had how stressed out we were um getting that show together but uh it is what it is yeah. it happened uh you learn from it and i think for me i'm really grateful because as somebody who was very young at the time and also heading a team at the time i think when that shit storm hits you mm. like you need to anchor down and learn to deal with it uh i didn't go ballistic because of the fact that going ballistic would have further repercussions yeah i think sometimes you need to take a take a pause take a deep breath and handle issues that come your way and i think that geared me for a lot more challenges in life later on mm. so if it's me personally i i did take um a deep breath before <laughs> handling it yeah but b- after that we took the steps we needed to take in order to resolve the issue in mm. terms of of refunding tickets for people who who wanted the tickets refunded because that is what a responsible brand mm-hmm. would do um and also in terms of the action taken outside the public space that action was taken yeah. so we're grateful for that um but i think i'm i was very sad that you know it was the one opportunity we had to mm. you know to showcase um some of our best versus uh, next to the band and uh, unfortunately that uh that kind of fell apart um and for me what i was really really upset about is the hard work everybody put in um and that you know the single thing that came out of that was was that it was the equivalent of the will smith slap at the time that took away from everyone who got an oscar um but i think the the biggest lesson learned there was that you know uh shit happens you got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's my take on the whole incident, but see this is why Dino is the manager I will forever aspire <laughs> to be. He's got this lockdown. Uh but yeah, no. And again like uh, even after, you know, you left, I remember you had a meeting kind of talked through how yep. all this goes and I think I will always want to pick your brain for these things. So sure, no now that I have you, I will probably do this after the podcast. Uh okay, so obviously not the greatest of memories. Yeah. from you know your time here. Yep. Uh what I want to now let's you know lighten the mood best memory or some of your best memories like the hits the highlights of Dino. Uh <laughs> TNO best memories were I would say 100% everyone I worked with. Everyone. Uh I think some of them to date are some of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Uh and some of them have always been there through even personal tries like a lot of people forget that you know everybody's human right you yeah. you've got your challenges and especially when you start radio a lot of the time you're working with a lot of um artsy opinionated edgy interesting people mm. and managing those personalities also teaches you uh, a little bit more about yourself and gives you more depth as well yeah. and i think like one of the greatest things i would take from my time here is the fantastic people i worked with because some of them were uber talented i remember in your opening you were talking about sam and i think mm. she's one of the best copywriters i have ever met right. in my entire life um uh, dilini who's quick witted chassi who's got this explosive personality that can attract anybody mm. uh, even in my in the sales team at the time we had rohan chamila uh devon all yeah. of them who who worked really really hard in order to to grow the brand and and push it out then and i remember a lot of the time how we used to sit around 
uh, have a drink and discuss our challenges yeah. after a long day quite <laughs> regularly in terms of what we wanted to do and how mm. we wanted to you know sell a property or do a project or do a movie premiere or, or whatever but i think it was the collective that really kept it together and also the people i learned from like the people who were there before me the people who first taught me to edit something on on audition to mm-hmm. the people who you know told you voice it like this don't do it like this or uh, people who gave you a first break like people like loydu let me design something or or fuz jeff and mitish who let me like you know voice a um a voice a, a character in one yeah. of their skits you know and you're you're a very young kid at the time and you don't think these things are going to come your way mm. uh because you're in news and you're reading news and yeah. and you and you think it's it's considered a serious property so you won't get involved but but it was very cohesive and i think a lot of the things we did at the time are really revolved around that um some of the fondest memories in news i would say was <laughs> mrs sohan ratnayaka who's a hardcore rocker yeah. uh, uh he was he was basically he edited the bulletin and then he was on on the next uh, uh on the next editing pc listening to black metal and head banging <laughs> and then he comes back and he does his bulletin and goes back and listens to his black metal it was it was absolutely crazy um and in the studio of course it was you know these funny moments where you come up with something spontaneous on the spot and and have a chat with whoever is on air mm. um and it was it was quite quite memorable in that sense because there was never a dull moment and one thing about tnl i'll always cherish is the fact that it is a house and it is a home yeah. for so many people uh and you feel very homely when you do come here it's like you know it's you're going to your second house or second home uh so you end up spending way more time than you should mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that that always um uh, ends up being part of your life and i think that's that's what keeps it interesting also yeah, yeah. um i think one another thing i wanted to ask you about because uh i mean block and dino's like really taken off uh you know during my last years here uh and again i remember like you'd be here till like 9 10 o'clock at night working on that but also working on tnl stuff like how are you balancing those two things and and everything else that you were kind of handling at the time. So Blockadino was a very interesting property that came out of a mistake I would say. It was okay. not even a mistake I would say it was it it's it's random happenstance. Basically a brand wanted wanted us to do something creative at the time because they had exhausted their budgets and mm. and that how that's how our first project was born and then we realized there's potential for this and then we realized there's potential for a storyline tying into advertising which had not been explored mm. uh and for long form content so um we wrote the second wrote the third wrote the fourth then decided to open a youtube channel and and it kind of it it kind of again i and i know i'm using this word a lot but organically kind of kind of snowballed into what it is today but i think the uh the thing about balancing i think is <laughs> I I do, I'm a I'm a serial planner mm. uh in yes. in terms of like everyone hates my emails I was about to say I remember yeah. the emails everyone hates my emails <laughs> because like it's it's literally like you know yeah. this is what you'll be doing this is what you'll be doing there are google sheets with exactly who's doing what exactly at any given mm. point uh and then there are like uh <laughs> um proper reminder sent and stuff like that and uh, i mean i used to be made this may fun of me all the time for it i don't care <laughs> it worked and i think it it kept things going very smoothly uh at tnl and it was the same with block and you know you got to you got to balance your time and you know make sure that you don't let down either side right mm. because there's a team here that's that's working really hard and obviously this is something new you're exploring so yeah. i think it's i would say serial list making and planning okay all right <laughs> All right, so uh we were talking about on stage 
and you know kind of for me like i was here for the last on stage that we did but again like there there have been so many more editions of it and you were the organizer for a lot of that uh so what was it like to put something like tnl on stage together on like that scale and to kind of have that such a phenomenon yeah so basically i i mean i I would rephrase it. I, w- I wouldn't say I was the sole organizer, yeah. but there was like a, a team that worked here. Uh, I think one of the one of the biggest things like we had to do was obviously help the talent that comes mm-hmm. in, right? And sometimes that involved being a bit of a tight ass. And uh, they used to always ask me to or, or let me be the tight ass because we had to run the show and mm-hmm. make sure things ran smoothly. Um, but it was never personal. I mean, a lot of those bands to date and, and soloists are really good friends. I think the 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 biggest thing about it was obviously coordination mm-hmm. and there were so many things and intricate things inside it to, to kind of make sure we're done uh, i remember when we started uh, you know running on stage we had the competition aspect but then it got yeah. layered we have brands who want to do interesting things with mm-hmm. the performers then we had uh, we also worked with uh, the likes of uh, design institutes mm-hmm. uh, who basically helped style the performers and did photo shoots etc so yeah. that part of it was there then we did uh, live streams of acoustic unplug mm-hmm. sessions and that we brought into play so we always try to experiment and and bring new things and we also brought the dj component to it mm-hmm. where we brought introduce spin off because we wanted djing also to be kind of an art form and yeah. and and grow that part of the industry as well so every year presented new challenges and i think one of the biggest things at least i learned during on stage was uh, how important it is to make sure that you you are able to to get a whole whole bunch of people aligned towards a singular vision of getting something mm. done um but the, the interesting thing was everybody helped out and one thing i love about tnl is a fact that it was never restricted to tnl mm. it was the team at light it was the team at rhythm it was even namal who was yes. in the kitchen helping out like you know make decor and transport stuff and mm. arrange stuff and it's everyone from the drivers to the uh, to the to the staff working part time to the staff working full time everybody was involved in on stage and um the the teams that really really helped us are um uh, of course predominantly involved with the stations but mm-hmm. but everybody around the company really took on stages as their own and yeah. and it is considered a cornerstone of the station uh and as a competition that ran for so many years and looking at some of the artists they have produced i think that's what's kind of uh the most satisfying thing about right. it even today when you go out and you bump into all these people who've been a part of the tone of the of the competition um and see how far they've come the winners even runners up even people who just took part you know mm. um and seeing how much they've they've grown their craft uh, and and their artistry uh, it's it's absolutely humbling to 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 realize you're part of that journey and i think that's what keeps you coming back to it also because uh after one on stage couple of years down you see them headlining a concert or them playing somewhere or and then a lot of these artists come back to support and help and groom yeah. the next set of artists so i think that is something that i will definitely miss a lot uh but and i still do um but i think the the the, the more the toughest thing i think about it was just making sure everybody was on the same page and we had regular briefings before the final we had regular briefings before each uh, mm-hmm. sub event um and and the fact that there were so many hands on deck was was probably one of the most interesting things about it yeah okay so that's now like that's the the planning side of the organizational side yeah. what are like some of your fun memories from 
on stage and kind of on stage has and... so many um from from the artists who threw tantrums to <laughs> to um the the fact that you know sometimes organizing <laughs> doesn't work out the way you planned i remember mm. we had one round where the the power went out Oof. because the building could not handle the load okay. Okay. of the electricity oh, wow. we had we had to put up for the lights and everything yeah. and then just as a as we were about to start the round because the other properties at that building had opened mm. up and the load was just too much it just shut down it blacked out <laughs> then we tried to get it fixed it blacked out again and i think the transformer went off oh, and, and then God. then we had to really reschedule that yeah. that preliminary round i think that was that was one of the craziest memories and we were freaking out because obviously <laughs> we worried about the artists and stuff like that um that was that was definitely one then seeing civilization one and chitra somapala play was mm-hmm. huge i remember how big that gig was uh even though i was not i was just new to tnl at the time and i was not involved in organizing then we did uh we did a a band that that comprised the judges okay. and and we called them the super band so it right. had like stigmatas guitarists with with kamal who's an, another amazing guitarist mm-hmm. with harshan who's probably one of the greatest drummers in sri lanka so we we combined these artists and had them do a performance wow. which was amazing uh and then of course when you have you know bands who are who are huge now like sipping chairs magic box um perform you know on on the on the same stage at the finals even though it's a 20 minute slot mm. uh then you've got um, obviously bands like stigmata you've got um uh individual artists uh who who came and performed as well and and it it was amazing to see them come back and perform and it it's 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 so much nostalgia but i think some of the the coolest things to see was that like when you see a band leave or a band who's been in on stage 5 years ago mm-hmm. come back and perform and they're just on a completely new level yeah. you know um it it's absolutely amazing um and it it's it's irrespective of the genre whether you're uh, into whether you're heavy whether whether you're more commercial whatever it is i think a lot of them were were really really amazing to watch again and and that is extremely rewarding i think that was probably one of the the most memorable things seeing seeing our bands and artists come back and perform mm-hmm. it on stage uh, after they've uh, you know reached the heights they've reached um but yeah that's why like i mean uh, uh, i i remember all of them fondly and every time you go out and see one of these bands you just you're immediately taken yeah. back all the way back to you know uh those years but uh yeah i think those would be some of the fondest memories we had yeah okay. apart from parliament <laughs> <laughs> yes that one we're going to just put that away lock it up and throw yeah. away the key uh okay um okay so i mean those are most of the things that i can again like all of these these stories these memories these are the things that i want to kind of dig up because again like i said I, i wasn't here for all of this and i want to you know hear you guys tell these stories but okay that's the past what's next for dino carrera I don't know. Um <laughs> that's what's interesting about it, right? When you don't know what's happening or what's going to happen. Mm. Uh I think that's what keep things interesting like Block and Dino happened out of nowhere. Um and obviously it's become its own thing now and and Gihan and I are both, both working really hard on mm. on see what more we can do with the brand and property. Uh, we had our first international tour and yeah. it was awesome to go to Australia and and get the response we did. So we're trying to see what more we can do in in you know, taking the brand elsewhere as well. Uh we've got a couple of things coming up this year and next year. um and not going to reveal too much but yeah, they are fine. hoping to hoping to release a few more videos and and do a few more shows next year so okay. uh because finally i think people are 
out and about mm. again post covid and it's great I can't really say post covid but yeah. it's yeah. it's it's good that people are moving around because i feel like um while there is a lot of conversation about about what's what's happening right now i think a, a lot of people are looking for a release there's mm. so much pressure there's so much weight on your shoulders with the current economic burdens we're going through i think entertainment is a huge part to play in, in helping lighten that burden yeah um so we're trying to do our part do our thing uh and let's see where it goes i mean uh today you could be doing one thing tomorrow you could be doing something else but uh yeah it's something we we definitely gihan and i at least want to want to grow the brand and see what more we can do with it so that's it for now okay but let's see how it goes all right well dino thanks so so much for coming by it's been good to see you again after three i mean aside from the wedding aside <laughs> yeah, from the wedding we met up to yeah like yeah. uh Three years? Yeah, it's no. been about three years. Yeah, yeah. it's been crap. a long time. It's been yeah. it's been crazy. But uh, I think like um, yeah, even walking in today, you still felt like you you were walking into some place that you you really grew up in, and it's like going back to school. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's so many fond memories, uh, and uh, every time I visit, I I will always feel that, and that's something I'm grateful for. Another thing I I didn't share was and I think I'm not here anymore so I can share it. Feel free. Again, this is like you do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> you let it all let but, all the stories come but out. But a lot of people who who came to TNL, yeah. I felt were also um people who went against the grain. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them had their own personal challenges um in terms of what they were going through. It could be emotionally, economically, it could be family oriented, societally maybe. But I think a lot of the time, like the station really supported and and gave a place for them to find themselves. Like mm. personally, for me, I remember I I I was going through quite a few tough times uh, financially, mm. especially when the U.S. recession hit. Because what my my uh, my family or my dad was doing at the time was was very different, and obviously a lot of the business scaled down. And then I remember I had to pay for uni, mm-hmm. and uh, I was a bit stuck. So I walked into boss's room and was like, "Boss, uh, can I get a?" Uh, a loan <laughs> i need to uh, pay my uni fees uh and i told him i'll pay it back and and obviously if there's any interest component and stuff like that and he didn't bat an eyelid he just wrote he wrote the check and just gave it to me yeah. and he said you don't have to pay anything back you just deduct it from your salary and pay back whenever and i think i will always remember that like even to date and i think no matter how far you go that's something that is i will never ever forget about mr niraj chukran singh mm. like it's it's something that's that's very special to me and very personal um and uh yeah i think he's done that silently for so many people yeah. people n- don't know about it mm. uh and that's i think why he's probably the only person I'll still call boss <laughs> um but yeah i think credit to him he's he's who a lot of people credit to uh, credit for giving them their first starts and first steps in in entertainment music um in terms of radio or broadcast as mm-hmm. well so yeah a uh, big shout out to boss uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah just thank you guys for having me i really appreciate it um and yeah here's here's uh, hoping the memories will live on yep thanks again dino thanks, <laughs> thanks again for coming thanks. and and thank you to all of you for watching and listening to the tnl rocks podcast uh, as always if you have questions you have comments you have suggestions leave them in the comments section below uh and of course uh, make sure you follow us on all of our social media on tnl now on light 87 dino i mean again he dino's got all the followers he needs on all <laughs> these know. platforms i don't need to plug him plug us 
Oh. <laughs> TNA Radio, what he said. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you so much for listening and for watching, and we'll see you in whatever our next episode is going to be. The TNL Rocks Podcast, a branded podcast from TNL Radio Network, produced in partnership with Paradigm and hosted by Sean Hevage. Our executive producer from Paradigm is Zeeshan Akram Jabir. Our executive producer from TNL Radio Network is Sean Hevage. And our show producer is Rajit Maligaspe, with production assistance from Randika Victor. <laughs>